did something. Gotta find something though, right? You gotta find a struggle. It's very important to have a struggle. <laughs> gotta have something you gotta yeah. accomplish. Cause you're competitive. Are we live already? Oh shit, we're, we're competitive, live. baby. There's a little bit of that. What's going on, man? It's what are you looking for? Man, you. How do I turn the, the headphones? Oh. Over there. Which one is it, Jamie? Right. Check, 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 check. Oh, check, yeah, check. oh, he's in my ears. <laughs> We're live. What's up? We're live, hey, you, how man. You? It's crazy how we looked at each other when we walked in. I know. It is crazy. Like we wanted to embrace. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> you embrace, man. You man. I wanted to lean into you. We've been at it, huh? It's been a long time. Damn, man. What's up now? Where do you go now? I don't know. Just try to stay alive. Keep moving. No, you're doing it. You're doing <laughs> it, man. I remember, whose ass was you going to whoop one day? <laughs> Who's asked you was gonna whoop one day and stand up? You called out somebody. You called out a motherfucker. Oh, you mean Mencia? Oh, is that what you're talking man. about? Oh, I just that. gotta get okay. into that. We get into the crates. <laughs> we gotta get into the crates, baby. <laughs> Talk about that was crazy when, when we was doing stand up. Like it was like it was like gunslingers. What happened with that? Nothing. You called him out though. Well, that was a a bad situation. We had a he was stealing everybody's jokes. Am I bringing up the wrong shit? No, no, it's okay. Okay, because I, right. I, I, I thought I was getting the eye. I like, try to be nice. I, I thought try, I was getting the eye. No, like, no, no. You Fox, you're not bringing the wrong thing. You can talk about anything. You're Jamie now. Fox, dude. You can I'm talk about saying, whatever the because, fuck you want to talk because about. Because the, the terrain we were just talking about off 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 mic about how how would we would have been in jail? Yeah. Had there been social media. <laughs> back, back when he was coming up, we'd have life. We'd have double life. I'd be looking at you myself. Damn, you had to kill Carlos Mencia. Well, we were talking about everybody that like came up in the '60s, the '70s, the '80s, yeah. the '90s. Everyone before social media, the yeah. wild lives that yeah. they led. You can't do that anymore. You can't do it. And what and what this conversation came for? For all y'all, just you know, tuning in. We were talking about like you know Chris Brown. I'll see Chris Brown. He'll come out my house and he'll. He'll he'll just sit there and go like, what the fuck, you know? And I said, listen, you're just too talented for for one. Cats like him and Justin Bieber who've been who've been blessed with extra. They look good. They can fight. They they're athletic and they sing. They can dance. They can dance. I, the first time I met Chris Brown, this is crazy. I'm throwing a party in Miami, and it's me and Colin Farrell. Eddie Murphy, you know, Eddie Murphy was still in it. This is years back, you know, like two, 2005, maybe, I think. Yeah, 2005. And uh, so I'm hosting a party. We're in Miami. The crowd's going crazy. But in the down, like, not in the VIP, it's some kids dancing. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And they dancing, you know, and all this shit. And so my DJ, DJ Ari, goes, yo, man, that's a new kid, Chris Brown. Yo, he about to be the next one. I said, yeah, but he think he can dance because, you know, I know how to dance. <laughs> I go fuck him up. You know what I'm saying? This young motherfucker don't know who I am. I come down and fuck him up. And it was like, Fox, okay. <laughs> so I go down. Now, now, you know, it's sort of my time. And so everybody's following me. I'm about to go battle whoever this kid is. So I said, yeah, bro, you think you can dance, huh? And I did like some kind of bullshit pop like a move. <laughs> Listen to me. We're all, we're all jammed together, right? He doesn't do a move. You know what he does? He does a backflip. But the way he did the backflip, and he's 6'2", he's standing in the middle of the crowd. He jumped over the crowd, did the backflip up here, and came straight down and said, what's up? I said, motherfucker, I'm going to leave you the fuck alone. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that. That's some Avenger shit. <laughs> and I just remember going, I said, that dude, when he get on, and then, you know, he gets on, but then social media catches on. Yeah. And then it's, it's just it's hard. It's it's hard to live uh, 
when you're living when you're social media and I tell them all the time you have to social media sort of makes you color inside the lines yeah or try to or try to yeah or or like this it makes you tuck your artistry in sometimes a little does bit that, does that make sense tuck your crazy in tuck your crazy in you tuck your artistry in like I didn't know what a meme was and you know I'm you know I'm you know <laughs> shit I'm a fucking I was just catching on the MySpace and shit shit shifted <laughs> so my my daughter sends me a picture of Rihanna right going to the Met Ball and by the time I got the picture whatever happened the picture was Rihanna and and in this yellow dress, and I, I hit my daughter. I said, "I love the dress. It's amazing. I don't understand the pizza that's in it, but may, you know, maybe that's uh, 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 you know, she's giving a nod to Italy, and where maybe she got the dress from." And she's like, "No, Dad, that's a meme." I said, "What? That's a meme." I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "No, there's actually not a pizza in the dress. Somebody crafted or fixed the there." Look they made it look like it's pizza yeah. because it, oh, because it's trailing behind her. And so me, I'm thinking, well, what the fuck is a meme? It says, no, that, that's what they do. I said, so this girl worked her whole fucking night to get this dress to go to the Met Ball, which is you're supposed to be, you know, out the box, and somebody puts a pizza on it, and that's all you see is a pizza. I said, how do you compete with that? How how can you be Michael Jordan? And kids run up to you and say, you the crybaby face. <laughs> you cry man. They go to cry man. <laughs> man but memes go, are like the best thing on the internet. It's one of the best things about the internet. It's, it's the people being able to make funny. It's the best thing. But watch this, though. It, once it sticks. That's what I'm saying. Once right. it sticks. Oh, once like, it oh. sticks. It yeah, sticks. Once it, I mean, Michael yeah. Jordan, to somebody under the age of 18, he the crybaby face, yeah. man. <laughs> Hey man, they go cry baby face. Hey man, and then you know how uh, uh you know how fans do it. Hey man, cry right quick, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get you crying. Mama. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's so it's tough. Well, it's, we were talking about fun. John Jones yeah. and how John Jones is fighting this weekend. Yeah. About John Jones is a wild motherfucker, yeah. and that's why he's the greatest light heavyweight of all time. Because that's, he's so. It's part of what you who have. Is. You have to have it. We were talking about going, go, being with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, back in the day, you couldn't... That's why I, when people say, like, why does Mike Tyson... First of all, he's a fighter. He's not a tennis player. But Mike was a wild boy. And to hang out with him, you could understand, like, he was the biggest person on the planet. And he had the demons. You know what I'm saying? And But he's fun, too. Because like, you see him in a club, and you see, you see some girls, and he'd be like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> you like BMWs? The girls be like, "What do you like? You like BMW? You like cars? You like BMWs?" And crazy, he'd take the girls out and go get a BMW. I mean, he was that crazy. You know wow. what I'm saying? Just you know, come on, come on, let's look at the BMW and we'd open up the BMW dealership. And, but he was wild. But I say, just like how we were saying off here, you can't have that type of talent in that area and not have the John, crazy. John, John Jones can't. You, you, you can't. You can't drink milk and. And almost kill somebody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't. Yo, let me get that homogenized. I'm about to get. No, you can't. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be something about you that's out of control. Impulsive, yeah. wild, dangerous, and that's what makes him so great. Everybody. You even talked about. You look at the people on your wall. You look at Hendrix. You look at Elvis. They have to have something, because that's God fucking with us. Yeah. God's gonna give you something incredible, but He's also gonna give you something to anchor that. Because I believe this is what I believe in. And you tell me if you believe this. I believe in the yin and the yang of everything. Meaning like when there's 
absolute light. There has to be absolute darkness to balance it out. And that's what everything that we do. It's sort of like we're not going to get away with anything. Like anything that happens to you in life, you have to pay for it. Like I, I, it's like the grocery store. Okay, I got the career. Boop, got to pay for that. Okay, I got the money. Boop, okay, I got to pay for that. <laughs> then here come the family. Boop, yeah, I need that money. <laughs> yeah, you 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 fuck with me. I'm going. I'm going. I'm I'm gonna release, release a story about you. So it's all of these different things that you got to pay for, and that's why you see these guys like that because. You know, like I said, talking to Justin Bieber, you know, with everything I said, some of this shit is supposed to happen to you. It has to. You can't. Otherwise, the think of the success that, that kid's had at 20 years yeah. old. It's impossible. I was just reading some shit about him canceling his tour because yeah. he just said too much work. I mean, he's just going crazy, I guess. But yeah. he's made $93 million this year. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's fucking 20. And yeah, and for us, we like <laughs> shit. Because, you know, I ain't 20. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm going to take that 90 million. I'm going to go do a million. But we can't be in his mind and we can't see how it is. He grew up that way. He grew up that way. Never had a normal life. And you don't expect. Like, I, I, like I always tell kids who want to be in this business to please wait. Like, even with my kids, I said, just wait. Wait till you, like, wait till you can understand. Like, I was able to be grown and, and have some grown shit happen to me and just regular life shit happen so that when this happened, I still have a point of reference to get back to. Because you know, like I know, you've interviewed everybody. This business affects you in such a way where you'll see one person one day. I won't say the comedian's name, but I remember a comedian back in the day did like half of an HBO whatever. And then the next week I saw him, he had 12 bodyguards. And they were pushing me back. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Man? Man, yo, man, yo, no, not right now. You and just got crazy. Got crazy. And they so get crazy. They get crazy. Cause, <laughs> and I've seen, I, remember, I, I won't say the names, but there's been a couple of guys. I never get this one dude hit. And I went up to try to say something to him, and, and for some reason he had a white suit on. <laughs> and we were in a club. Like, I'm like, why the fuck does he have this white suit on and these big shades? And I went to talk to him, and he said, not right now, man. I'm rich. Mm. He said that? That's what he told me. <laughs> in front of everybody. Not right now. They got rich. Goddamn. <laughs> Just let me be rich and famous right now. I don't want to hear your pitch. Because I was going to pitch him something. I said, man, you think uh, you could get away? And I was like, that's wow. hilarious. And as he said it, I had to sort of like, okay, <clears throat> I had to get up. But that's, you know, that's what happens. When but you got to be careful. That tide goes in and it goes out and yeah. people come up and they remember. Yeah. They remember. And they remember and, when you fucked with them. And we've, see, and we've seen them. We've seen them. But, but being a comedian, we get, we get a chance to sit in a different seat. Because we sort of, our, our jobs are, are, are observational, it, it, you know what I'm saying? We still all have our own demons, but it's, it's just different. When you, you also see get it. humbled a lot as a comedian. Yeah. You got to get those jokes. You're performing in front of a live audience. Yeah. It's all live. Yeah. It's got to work. And if yeah. it doesn't work, shit, you got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, and it's you got to assess. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Actors don't get a lot of that. That's one of the reasons why they're kind of shaky. Yeah. More shaky. Yeah, they right? They don't get a lot of like that testing it live in front of people that humility that comes with that you don't and, and, and it's and it's tough i was talking to an actor another actor and it's tough because see i'm a comic who became an actor so i'm cheating you know what i'm saying <laughs> i can go do this and i can go i'm, I'm, gonna, be, I'm gonna be in st louis tomorrow you know doing right. some jokes so i can you know i gotta i can get my thing off but just actors it, it's tough when well, you figured out a way to balance three careers you can sing too I mean, yeah. you could do anything. Yeah, you're, but, you're a weird guy in that way. You got a lot of weird talent yourself. You know, you're talking about Justin Bieber and yeah. 
Chris Brown, you've got some yeah. weird ability to shift too. It's I, it, it not only, ha- but I've been fortunate in the fact that now things have opened up. Like you know, back in the day, like you could only do one thing. One thing. I will never forget. Keenan Ivory Wayans told me, he said, "Yo, what's with the singing shit?" <laughs> Yo, you wander, motherfucker. I can't see you trying to sing and shit. Or I would would try to sing it for a girl. I'd be like, can you see that love is real? And the girl be like, ooh, Jamie, stop. You too funny in the face. (laughs) Your face is too funny. I see Wanda singing to me. You funny. That's cornball. Stop. So I was like, fuck, maybe I'll never sing. You know? So I was doing, of course, the stand-up, you know, doing the Wanda shit. And then it wasn't until literally... um, I was throwing these parties at my crib and I would always throw parties for like musical guys, you know? So I threw a party for Puff. Puff comes and, and big parties, like 2000. Puff is there and it's all about him. And I'll never get, he got mad at me a little bit because I would follow him and I would, I would actually follow him with a, with a, with a camera because at that, that time, at that time, Puff was the biggest guy in the world. You know, you couldn't even get in his parties. So the way I would get in his parties, I show up with a camera. Like, yo, Puff, you need to document, document this shit. <laughs> and he turned around, what's up, Playboy? I said, yeah, let me get that, man. Ain't nobody getting this. And, I, and it wasn't back in the day with the, you know, with the camera phone. I had the big fucking Canon that you put on your shoulder and the light and the shit. I said, let me change the battery. Let me get all this shit, right? So at one point, I told him, we were actually in Philly, and he was throwing a party. And he said, yo, Playboy, this party's a million and a half dollars. I said, like, to, for what? I mean, what are, what are you saying? <laughs> He said, it, it costs a million and a half dollars to throw this party. I said, Puff, oh my God, I love it. The party's amazing. Yes, the mayor is here and everything. I said, but that's too much money. I said, you come to my place in LA, I'll throw you a party for 400 bucks. <laughs> that will rival this party. And he got a little mad because, you know, he was like, yo, no, I'm known for this shit. Don't front. I said, no, I'm not, not. I respect you. I said, but LA, I just know how to get around. So he gets to LA and uh, he calls me early in the morning. Yo, Playboy, make that shit happen. It was a Saturday. I said, cool. I go in on my phones. And by 12 o'clock in my small house in Tarzana, and, and God bless my neighbors that live there. I'm, I'm no longer there. I know they wanted me to get out of there because I was too much. <laughs> but the party's fevered pitch. And I invited the right people, you know, the right girls who were beautiful, but not too tight, not too, you know, just everything was great. The guys, weren't no haters there, you know, because L.A., you know, man, fucking, fucking, because. Yeah. No, one of that. It was the right guys. And he shows up. <clears throat> And when he shows up, he goes, that's the girl on that TV show. Oh, that's the girl in the movie. I said, yeah, yeah, we're friends. It's like, we all hang out here. So it's like, you know, it's all good. And that's the girl. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, but look at the party. I said, look over there on the table. I got Kentucky Fried Chicken, but I put it in a nice plate. (laughs) I got Coca-Cola, but it's just in a pitcher. I said, we're at 280 bucks right now and counting. I won't go over 400. And he had the most incredible time, right? But at that party was all musical people and I, I did it for a reason. At that party, Missy Elliott, of course, she had her room. Everybody's going crazy with Missy Elliott. I'm going to my garage and there's two guys, a little guy like this and a tall guy. The little guy goes, yo, B, yo, it's like this all the time, B? I said, like, yeah, who are you? He said, uh, we the Neptunes. Uh, my name is Pharrell. I said, yeah, man, I heard of you. That's how long ago this was. Wow. So he's like, can, can I? I said, just go and have, have a great time. Uh, there was another guy standing on the wall, green jacket, like a green little jumpsuit. Nobody was talking to him. Guess who it was? Who? Jay-Z. <laughs> Nobody knew. I said, what's up, man? Yeah, what's going on? It's just a great party. You know <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jay-Z, you know, no one knows. But And now... The way I got into the music, however, is that all these different parties was going on, 
and I would have like different musical people leave me music in my little studio that I built. I went and got this great studio built in the back of my house. And so one day, in comes this kid, backpack on, jaws busted. Who is it? Who? It's Kanye. His, oh, his jaws busted from like a car accident, yeah. right? Kanye walks in. And I said, who's that? They said, oh, that's a new motherfucker, Kanye, man. He about to be the shit. I said, what do he do? Well, he produces, but he also raps. I said, well, anybody come to my house, they got to perform. So I said, yo, man, they say, you you know, you rap shit. He rapped the most incredible free. I don't know if it was free. It was incredible. I said, I don't know why you aren't famous. He did it with a broken jaw? He had a little, bro- little jaw. was a little swollen. I don't think it was broken, but it was a little swollen because it wasn't too long after that accident that he had, right? And then he goes, uh, I... I, I got a song, Dad, Dad, you, you will be good on. Uh, I, I, I got this song, I, I know you could kill it. I was like, me? Song, Goofy Face? <laughs> Wanda? From a living color? He said, yeah. I said, oh, shit, cool. So we go in the back. Where I just got the studio in the back. So he sings. He says, the song's going to go. She says she wants some Marvin Gaye, some Luther Vandross. So I said, I got it. She says she wants some Marvin Gaye. He's like, what are you doing? I said, well, I got to put, you know, the R&B on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm a real singer. You know, I've been singing. He says, uh, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't just just sing the song because it's hip hop. And I said, okay, cool. So I begrudgingly sung the song. I'm thinking song's whack. He's not going to make it. So I went off. I did a bad movie. I come back about six weeks, eight weeks later. That song is number one. My boy goes like, you remember that song you said wasn't shit? It's number one in the country. And then that's how I got into the music. So long story longer, it's like, yeah, you can do all of the things. And there's a lot of actors and actresses that can. You just need those opportunities. Just like in life, when when your opportunity comes, if you prepare for it, now you could jump into it and, and grab it. And what I was told was by my guy, Breon, who does all of my music. He found Slow Jams. He found uh, Goldig. He found Blame It on the Alcohol. He says, you got to stop singing funny shit and sing a real record. And once you sing the real record and not say it's you singing it, now you got to better go. So now, after all of those years, the people that grew up with me doing stand-up or watching, they... They're older, and they're the young folks. It's like, you the Kanye man. Just like how, you know, the guys now going up to, to wow. Michael Jordan. So, so as I get <laughs> older, you hope that you're blessed with opportunities. And, you know, it's an old saying, but to sort of reinvent or reintroduce yourself to people who may not know who you are. Well, it's also guys like you have other interests. You have more than one interest. You don't just want to be funny. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot going on in there. It's it's a lot, you know, but like like we all are, like comedians, we got a lot of shit that we want to get out. And like I said, being a comedian, we have we we used to have. It's getting it's getting crazier. It's getting tough on us. As far as, you know, everything we say, you know, they want to come kill us. Right. <laughs> I I mean, I did I did one I did Jimmy Fallon. One seating that Jimmy Fallon and every organization wanted to get me. What did you say? I was doing a joke. Uh, I was singing. Uh, we were singing these funny songs about who let the dogs out, and so we took who let the dogs out and put it in like a um, like a like a vaudeville or a show tune. Who let the dogs out? Whatever it was, right? But beginning of that, I, I sort of ad lib like, 
<clears throat> I was watching these dogs and they were coming towards me and I was wondering, you know, who let them out? And there was a pit bull there and, you know, you have to be careful because pit bulls can be cantankerous, you know? And then I go into the song, the pit bull community. It was like Jamie Foxx says, pit bull shamed us. <laughs> you pit bull shamed? <laughs> Don't pit bull shame it. Oh my God. And then there was another thing where Jimmy Fallon was doing, um, was doing some type of, uh, he was saying what, what was going to be on the next show. And I was doing a bad version of signing, which I actually know how to sign. But I was doing a bad version of You know of sign it. language? I know sign language. We'll talk more about it later. You know, Whoa. all those types of different things. But as I was doing it as a joke, I didn't know that the person that he was talking about happened to be deaf. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and so then, you know. So it was just all of these things, that, and I try to tell people, I say, hey, listen, we never mean anything bad. We poke fun, but we're not, we don't mean anything bad, but you can't just, you know, you can't, you, you can't kill us, because I, I gotta keep doing what I do, you know? So it's, it's getting tougher. Well, it's just what we're talking about, about social media, about uh, people commenting on things that you can't read the comments. There's just too many people. Yeah. And people are always looking for something to be recreationally outraged at. Yeah, and the comments will get that ass, too. The comment <laughs> comment will hit you right where you are sometimes. Like, Damn, this motherfucker's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good, too, though. A little bit when I mean, they're right, when they're actually right. Like, someone can say something ridiculous about you, and if you know it's ridiculous, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But if it's got a hint of truth, you're like, ooh. But when somebody says something about your teeth... You you kind of look in the mirror. I don't understand, man. I got I got fucked up. Yeah. Lower teeth. <laughs> yeah, I got I got somebody hit me with the donkey. Yo, it's fucking donkey. I was like, ah, I start talking like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I it's crazy. So you know, but I tell people all the time, don't read the comments. That's the book. Don't read yeah. the comments because it will make you start to change the way you do things. If I read all of the comments, I never tell another joke. Yeah. If I read all the comments, I'll never try another, you know, th I got a movie that we just uh, shot for little or nothing called All-Star Weekend. And it, the jokes are like all the way out there, you know, and it, and it's I got everybody in it, you know, and we're all taking we all play different characters. Like I play a white racist, white racist cop. <laughs> and how do you do that? Oh, I'll, sh I'll show it to you. I'll, gra I'll grab this <laughs> thing and show it to you. But it's uh, they, uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a Mexican. Uh, Gerard Butler plays a Russian who loves gymnastics. Uh, Benicio Del Toro plays this crazy tattoo artist. And we're all, you know, we're all doing our thing. So it's like if you read the comments, that'll make you tuck that in. But this is some brilliant. And, and it's, it, it's, it's a cool little thing, too. It's, it's called uh, All-Star Weekend for a reason. It's about two guys. One guy loves Steph Curry. The other guy loves LeBron James. And all they're trying to do is get to the All-Star game. And it's sort of like this whole journey of running into all these people. So it's dope. But it is some things where it's like, ooh. You know, you can see there's gonna be some some shit going on. Well, Robert Johnny Jr. just from Tropic Thunder. Think about that. You can never do that anymore. You can't have blackface anymore. Yeah. You know what? I, I'll say this: people have to understand where it comes from. There are real people out there that really mean you harm. Like outside of us, I mean, there's some real people who really don't fucking like you. Whatever you are, whether you're black, you're white, you're, you're straight, you're gay, whatever it is, there's some people who really don't like. We're the entertainment. And it's easy. We're easy targets. We're easy. It's easy for you to jump on Robert Downey Jr. or Jamie Foxx or Joe because it's easy. You know, when it's real things, which, you know, whether it's politics or whether it's whatever, a lot of times we, we sort of, we're not ready for that fight. But it's easy to sort of pick the comedian. I call Robert. I said, listen, I, I need you to play a Mexican. He says, dude, uh, here's the deal. Sure. Fuck it. <laughs> sure. Why not? Fuck it. Sure. Of course. Mexican, whatever. But then he texts back and said, 
I'm nervous to play the Mexican. I said, well, shit, you played the black dude and you killed that shit. We're just all, you know, we got to be able to do character. What kind of blowback did he get from playing the black dude? None. Because we fucked with him. It was before him. The Wire, too, though. It was like, what, what year was Tropic Thunder? I feel like that was like 10 years ago. It was wild. But 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 here's the thing. We fucked with Robert Downey Jr. Like, that's our guy. Right. Like, I did his birthday party. And my first joke was, how dare you take all of these roles from black people? <laughs> you know, and everybody's laughing. So... It's sort of like the entertainers, man. We, sh we you got to give us room. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to play in it. I'll show you when I... Well, you got to take that room. You got to take it. You, yeah. you can't worry about... I saw Chappelle somewhere. It was like, you know, they were asking him about his jokes. And he was like, yo, man, look, you know, people have said worse shit. And I think he said something about Donald Trump saying grab him by the pussy or some shit, whatever. But it was true. It was like the one thing uh, that you look at what happened with politics this year people sort of stripped away a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what you believed in, uh, who, whatever person you voted for, there was a lot of things that were sort of addressed about, like, maybe we were playing things a little too close. Like, some of those politicians were afraid to say what Donald Trump was saying, and they ended up being left in the dust because people were a little like, well, well he's, he's got a point in the sense that we're playing things a little too close. So, uh when you look at that as a comedian, it's like, wow, you know, that was that was good for me. And that was good for me in a certain way of, first of all, it's, it's great jokes. Two, it's like it does say, are we becoming too fragile when it comes to our race, like black folk? Like I say, yeah, some people are racist and some people are perceptionists. You know what that means? No. The perception is, okay, the perception in America was the white man, Donald Trump, can be president. The woman can't do it. Perception. Doesn't mean that if you vote for Ronald, Donald Trump that you're racist. I don't think everybody's racist because that was a big thing. Sometimes it's perception. I'll, I'll make I'll make it clear. Okay. I do a joke in front of all black people, and I said, "Black people are very interesting people because we deal with racism and perceptionism." I said because we're very nervous flyers, right? We don't like to get on planes. First thing we do when we get on the plane, we see who's flying this motherfucker. We look in the cockpit. If we look and see a black guy. We will stop and go, hey, how long you been flying, bro? <laughs> uh, you got your hours with you? <clears throat> and it was the perception. And don't let a woman sit next to him. Oh, shit, we good? Ugh. It could be a bright, sunny day. It's like, how's the weather? Oh, we're good. And then as you're sitting in that seat, anytime you hit a bump, boom, my brother, we straight? <laughs> Same situation. You go in in the cockpit. You see that white guy with that salt and pepper hair and those aviators. And it's forearm hair like this, and it's storming outside. Shit, fly this shit through a hurricane. <laughs> so it's the perception that we have to talk about sometimes. Does that make sense? Oh, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's definitely that. You know, like the the Donald Trump thing's funny. You know who had it, said it best? Alonzo Bowden. You know Alonzo? No, I was that? Funny comedian. Yeah. He said, he goes, not all Donald Trump supporters are racist, yeah. but all racists are Donald Trump supporters. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 could that he definitely awakened that side. But yeah, I but I will say, but, but I will but I will say this. Like I said, the perception gets us all too. Yeah, you know, because like my my daughter, it was interesting. My oldest, you know, my oldest daughter, like when when the uh, when the election happened and when you know the results came in. Dad, I'm so mad, I can't take it. I said, Well, would you? We're gonna go march. I said, Well, did y'all vote? Not all of us, but you know. I said, Well, 
you know, you got to get out there because their perception was she had it in the bag. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you got to get out there and be, you know, whatever that is. Yeah, whatever that is indeed. This is weird times for everybody. You know, because I think social media is, is allowing it? people to express themselves. Yeah. And everybody's expressed themselves. And people right. are forming, forming groups. You know, they're just like, you know, they're progressive or they're they're li- they're liberal or they're conservative. And this everybody has a voice. This, everybody has a voice. There's so much voices. I- I'll say this. Maybe you can appreciate this because we've we've li- we're living in two worlds. We lived when it wasn't here and we live. Yeah. When it's, it's it's discretion. Social media allows you not to have discretion. You're able to go in and type whatever you want to say. And that usually that's what we pay attention to. Discretion is this. We're sitting at the dinner table and, yo, I said something that you didn't like, but the discretion was I'll address that later. Right. So now that you don't have any discretion, anybody's voice can be heard. Not everybody. Uh, how do you say it? Not everybody has a point that we should hook all of our wagons to. Right. What I notice is that we will hook our wagons to the most extreme point. And that may be only 2,500 people. Like when my homies will hit me and say, man, you hear what they saying, man, about so-and-so? I say, how many views did it get? 80,000 views. I say, it's 8 million people in Philly alone. Why are you just listening to those 80,000 people? So you sort of have to put balance in the way you sort of sift through it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. Well, the way I try to put it out to people, if you run into a room and there's 100 people in that room, what are the odds that one person is a fucking idiot? 100%, right? Yeah. One person. Yeah. Almost almost every room of yeah. a random group of 100 people. Yeah. At least, and I'm being very, very polite. Yeah. One person. That means- Probably a few. Probably a few. <laughs> but let's go with one. One out of 100. So that means there's three million fucking idiots in this country. Right. Just straight idiots. Right. Non-fixable idiots. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to read comments, (laughs) you're opening yourself up to that. If you're going to get your opinion swayed by people who just want to just want to see if they can affect you. Just want to see if they can fuck with you. They can touch you. Just see if they can change you, get you to change the way you're dressing. And that's what I don't like. That's the part I don't like. So I tell all of my artists and all my friends, don't change. Don't read it. Because what happens is everybody starts coloring inside the lines, and now nobody's dangerous anymore. Right. Because you remember back in the day, Madonna, dangerous. Boom. Right. Madonna come out naked, you know, just dance into the Grammys like it's all good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So what I hope, well, what I always say, just don't tuck your art in. Don't yeah. tuck your art in for, for, the, for the comments because we'll end up not having anything, not having anything to celebrate that is that is good like having something to celebrate somebody did a song that was dope or a movie that was dope or got outside the box as opposed to what we love celebrating which is the crazy shit you know what i mean yeah well especially for comics yeah that's because it's one per if you do a crazy movie there's a lot of people involved yeah if you're on stage and you say something fucked up it's just you yeah well i got i i'm, I'm going back out so it's, it's about to happen i'm gonna I'm be passing out a whole bunch of gift baskets <laughs> Because I'm going back out and I, you know, like. How much time did you take off? I've never actually taken off because I still do gigs. Like I got a gig tomorrow, St. Louis, you know, private gig, whatever. But but it's just, you know, like I know, like as a comedian, you got to live. Like I, I just can't jump out there and just start talking or writing jokes. Like I've lived through some crazy shit. So I got to go out there and talk about that. You know, had I not, I'd be like, oh, because the one thing I hate is. The one thing that's tough for a comedian is to become successful because we talk from a shit is fucked up point of view 
and I got to have a little anger and I got to have a little poke fun. And if I become that, what if I become what I poke fun at, then I can't get it off. That's why at my house, people come to my house. My daughter used to ask me this, Dad, why is this room not, there's nothing in it. I said, I don't want to complete the house because it gives me a sense of like, I'm still trying to get on. Like I don't ever want, I don't put like all the pictures, nothing is like perfect in my crib. There's a curtain right now that's torn open in my bedroom. And they be like, what? what's going on with Jay Fox, man? What's going on? <laughs> He's not getting them checks, man, what's going on? And I just said, I just gotta leave it like that. I keep my house a little sort of, we call a little it the, fucked up? the dysfunctional mansion. I talk about that. <laughs> the dysfunctional mansion where there's always somebody, like, like the other night, there's Odell Beckham in my house, uh, battle dancing Chris Brown. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like who does that? You know what I'm saying? I just, just crazy shit happening at my house all the time so I could, I have something to link my, you know, hitch my comedic wagon to. So you, you you create chaos on purpose in a little bit of a way. I just leave it. Slight disarray. I, 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 don't, I don't remove myself from it. I don't remove, I don't get behind the gates. Behind the gates is the worst shit. Behind the gates. Behind the gates. When you get behind the gates, when you reach a certain point and you're behind the gates, you can't really see, I'm out. I got to be out with the people. I got to have people. Like I had a, a, a BET party, right? 3,000 people in my house. Counted. Jesus. People at the gate, you know, trying to get in. It's, and as I look through the party, there's Floyd Mayweather. All time. Y'all, you know, what's up, Jay Fox? What's up, baby? How you doing? All time. You got the greatest party. I love you, baby. You know, got the, got the fight coming, Jay. You know, so there's Floyd. There's Fat Joe. There's Little Kim is on stage performing. And then I look around and I see some of the homies, like the real guys. Like, what's up, Fox? Hey, this is a nice party right here, cuz. Love it. I'm like, oh, shit. So it's all of these mixtures of people that I can still touch, hang out with people from my from my uh, community. Uh, her name is Anka. She's like the uh, unofficial mayor in our, in our cities. Old little white lady from Germany. And she's on the dance floor dancing with Snoop. <laughs> oh, I love it. Snoopy. He's great. The Snoopy is so good in the weed. I don't know. it. It's crazy. So wow. I sort of keep it that way so I can stay loose. So when I go out, I got, I got shit that I could talk about from the hood to the White House. So you're still, you still manage to stay a regular person. Got to. But how the, that's a hard thing. For someone who's achieved as much success as you have, that is not an easy balancing act to stay normal. Because you must get overwhelmed by requests and people just wanting your time and wanting to hitch, hitch themselves yeah. to you. And but you got to look. I think what helps me is the, the failures. Like doing a couple of movies that don't, what was that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, Fox. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Going through TSA, they don't speak to you. <laughs> Your movie is out. And they're like, come on through. They don't even make eye contact. Come on through. All right, good. Going through. Damn, the movie sucks. So, <laughs> or, or you just get the TSA, go, damn, Fox, what you doing, baby? What was that shit? This last shit, dog. I had to watch that shit on Fire Stick, my nigga. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that. So it's like, you appreciate those, right? Uh, which keeps you regular, keeps you humble, and uh, and you just gotta sort of look at other people and see how people in our business, when they do get behind the gates, you know, you've seen comics that get that thousand mile stare and yeah. don't want, I don't be funny no more. Yeah, why don't you be funny no more? That's how you came up. I want to be sexy now. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They all fall into the sexy, you know, nah, I want to stay funny, keep the teeth goofy, keep my head looking goofy, hairline, whatever it is. Because that's what I draw upon when I go out. Because people can sense it. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I think stand-up is kind of, in some ways, it's a, like a mind meld or a mass hypnosis. Like, you're connecting with the audience, and if there's anything false about what you're thinking or what you're saying, some of them at least can feel it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. all of them, but some of them can feel it, and it'll fuck with the energy of the room. But if you're in the groove, you're really being yourself. That's why when you see Dave on stage, yeah. one of the things about Chappelle is that he's always himself. Yeah. He can just be himself. Yeah. And so you relax as an audience member and slide right into his mind. And he right. takes you on a journey. Right. Because he's himself. He's not, he's, not, he's not disconnected by fame right. and celebrity. And that way... He was genius how he passed up all that money yeah. and just went to Africa yeah. and just settled in and then came back and didn't do any scheduled gigs for years. Yeah. He would show up with a speaker and set up a speaker in a park in like Seattle yeah. and just gather a crowd around and start doing stand up. Yeah, man. see, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, how do you find that? He figured it out. And, I don't know how and, he did it. Well, I agree with that because, like I said, if you success can sometimes be our our coffin especially when you like i said when you're when you're a comic even all the way down to the way i handle like like uh like social media is interesting like and you know and me just sort of brand new on it and what people view like i was uh and this is sort of off off off, off subject but i was uh just talking about how people view you i i went to the gas station and i put on these shades and then I took a picture of him. I thought it was cool. I was I needed some just pick up some, you know, fourteen dollar shit, whatever. And I put it on I took a picture with him. And it, my Instagram blew up. Like, oh shit, what's this? I read the comments, like, man, where you get the shades at, man? Those are Ferragamos, Gucci's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, well, what are those dollars? Hey, let me get out of fire. I was like, wow. It's just gas station shades. But everybody thought they was, you know, something else. And I was like, nah, I don't want that. I don't want them to think that. I don't want them to think that I spent two thousand dollars on some shit because that's we always lose our fucking shades anyway. Right. So I actually hit my boy Davo and uh, Dave Schottenstein. I said, "Listen, I want to do an eyeglass." They're like, "Well, oh, what do you want to do? You want to go?" I said, "No, no, no. I want to do an eyeglass that costs less than thirty dollars." I said, but what we're going to do is we're going to go through each frame and make sure each frame is tight, like they're dope, like amazing. Because I told them the story about being at the gas station. And they were like, wow, I think that's a good idea. So we ended up doing this whole line. I went through all 200 frames, and we did this line. Uh, it's it's called a Privé Revaux, right? And everybody thought that it was something else. 30 bucks. $30 shades. And now even J-Lo, Bella Thorne, all these other people are wearing the shades because what we noticed when we did do that, people embraced it a little more because we did a commercial that was that we almost made a mistake where we get clothes on and we tell people how much the clothes cost and people got turned off because the jeans were like $400, the jacket was 2000 They were like, what the fuck? And we're like, no, what we were trying to say was Although these clothes cost this, our glasses only cost 30 bucks. So that story in itself, I take that and run with that and say, like, I'm not the guy buying the high end, you know, right stuff. I want to keep it sort of cool and regular. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I know a really rich dude who drives a pickup truck. He's rich as fuck. And he just likes to drive around in a shitty old Toyota pickup yeah. truck. He likes it. And why do you do that? 
Because he wants he to feel normal. Grimy. He feel normal. He wants man. to feel grimy. You want to feel normal. He doesn't wash his hands sometimes. Got dirt under his fingernails. Pretends he's a farmer. And can buy the whole fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> his people are weird like yeah. that, man. You, you know. Want... So, but we have to balance both because I because because you know you know being being you know being being urban. I gotta step out there and shine sometimes too. Like my boy has you know, you know we 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 get out there and we show a little bit of the success. You know what I'm saying? Just to let people know we're still doing our thing. I love the expression being urban. I'm urban. <laughs> I'm a nigga. How did that happen? How did it become urban? What, yeah. what year was that? I'm actually joking. In? Like I'm, yeah. a, I'm black. I, I tell people all the time. I'm an N I C C A H nigga all the time. <laughs> if I lose, if I lose being that, if I lose being that, then I ain't. I gotta have that. You know what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, I gotta have that. Yeah. No, I get it. You gotta have everything. Yeah. With Why me, not? It's fun too, right? Yeah, it's fun too. But I gotta, I gotta have that part. I gotta have always have that sort of. Like I can't leave, can't leave where I came from because right. that's that's what they try to snatch from me. That's why we did we did the television show. Uh, Chris Spencer and uh, Buddy Lewis wrote this wrote this incredible script called White Famous, and White Famous was about a comedian who's you know trying to become mainstream without losing his you know his black audience, which is all these all of us we go through that right you know because the minute you start doing the you know the, the 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 sort of soft movies and brothers be like, man, what's up, man? You don't cuss no more, motherfucker. <laughs> Where you at? You can't keep cussing, you know. I think the problem with shining is when it defines you. Yeah. The problem when when you just everything is flat, like Floyd Mayweather in a way. Yeah. It's part of his persona. And it's yeah. part of why people root against him. Like yeah. Floyd is a genius, yeah, in, he is. in my opinion. Not just a genius boxing. He's the greatest defensive boxer, yeah, in yeah, my opinion, yeah. of all time. But also a genius in that he figured out a way where he has this style that's not appealing to a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. But what is appealing is people want to see him get his ass yeah, kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it never fucking happens. Listen, listen. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Floyd's the homie. Floyd comes by the house, man. And I don't want to put everything out there that he does. He's super, super competitive. That's what's amazing. But he also understands that. Yeah, Jay Fox, I understand what's going on. You know, all time they they they, they want me to follow Jay Fox, but that's what keeps me competitive. That's what I, you know, all time easy work, light work. So he's <laughs> so he would sit at my crib and speak for like hours about the business of it, trying to turn these boxers' minds on. Like, yo, get your money. You know what I'm saying? Don't, you know, get your money, get your business, get all that. And then he talks about just what you said. He says, I know the reason that I fight Oscar De La Hoya on Cinco de Mayo is because they want to see the, he, he, un, he, he, he carved out a niche of being the, 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 the charismatic villain. Does that make sense? Yeah. And he wasn't in the beginning. He wasn't. In but the beginning, he, he was pretty boy Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And then he became Money Mayweather. Yeah, but had he stayed Pretty Boy, what? Who the fuck knows? Who knows right? I mean, he might have been like Sugar Shane Mosley or something. Wow. You know, wow. but, but wow. not really because Shane had lost to a few guys. Like yeah. what Floyd did better than anybody is not get hit. Yeah, yeah. He's been hit like six times. Right, right, like right. really hard, like right. six times right. him ever. And, him and Zab Judah. Yeah, Zab Judah. Uh, his defining fight was the Morales fight when he fought Morales. God bless. Was amazing, and. Uh, he he also said that that hit the Sugar Shane hit him. He'll tell you. He said that hit when Sugar Shane touched him. He said that really, as she said, shook me. He said, well, "Jay Fox, I gotta kill me. Jay Fox, I gotta kill me." 
He said, "That's why I dug in." You see the end. Of the, you see the end of the round. And the end of the round, he did turn it, but he's, he's he got real... rocked in that fight. That was one of the few moments where he really got caught clean yeah. by a world class fighter. Yeah, he got caught clean twice. So it'll be interesting this next fight coming up. Well, Connor's not that level of boxer. You know, someone I forget who it was. It said it. I think it might have been. Uh... It's Dave Hoy. Yeah, but but I'm, someone was saying that he's got to. Oh, it was Pat Militich saying that he has to almost cheat within the rules. And I think yeah. he's got to like fight in the clinch. He's got to like dirty box him. He's got to. He's got to figure to out a way to tie him up and manipulate him and move his body around. Yeah, he's got to figure out a way to be good defensively too, and he's got to hurt him. Those are all like high, uh, high risk, high risk, low yield possibilities. <laughs> What Especially, is it's, it's, the way I described it, if you, how would you expect the greatest figure skater in the world to do playing hockey against Wayne Gretzky? Hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same thing. It's not the same. It's not the same it's a, thing. But it's fucking exciting. Oh, I tell you that, I cannot the greatest wait. freak show ever. Is it's it the greatest freak show ever. I'm, I'm waiting for that fight more than Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin. Wow. Even though that fight is a the more, legitimate, a legitimate fight. legitimate fight, but yeah. I can't. Because it's going to be some crazy shit. Some crazy shit. It's going to be some crazy shit. Well, also there's the mind fuck factor. He's the, Connor's the only guy that Floyd's ever fought that can look at him and go, if this was a real fight, you'd be fucking dead. Oh, and he knows it. Yeah, he knows it. Everybody yeah. else, Floyd's been able to fuck up. He yeah. fucks up all of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, did you ever see that video with him and Robert Guerrero? Right before they fought, they, they, they had this, um, this thing where they were doing photo shoots, and they had right. him do a stare And who's this? Who's this? Who's Robert the Ghost Guerrero is and a fighter that Floyd fought maybe four or five fighters ago. Right. And he just worked him for right. 12 rounds, just right. beat right. the shit out of him. Right. But he's standing right in front of him. He's like, you ain't going to do shit. He's like, you're easy work. You're Ooh. easy work. He goes, he, goes, he goes, I'm just going to stand. He goes, no one has to get involved. You're not going to do shit. He goes, uh, we'll get right close to each other. Yeah. You're not going to do shit. You're yeah. easy work. And you could see the dude was just yeah, like, yeah. oh. Oh no! Like he knew. Yeah, he knew that Floyd was right. Right, right, right. Well, when Connor looks at him and goes, "If this was a real fight, I'd fucking kill you." Mm. He goes, I'll, "I'll do your boxing thing. It's a real fight. I'll kill you." Yeah. Like he's, oh yeah, he's right. He's right. Like yeah. if Floyd could say, "Oh, this ain't, we'll do some MMA." He said it a couple times. Next fight, we'll do MMA. He's not doing. But that. you know, Floyd. Look, Floyd. One thing Floyd is, he's smart. Yeah. So he look. He's got him on his his. His, his playing field. So it's almost like you start to, like I know, but people start to go like, is Floyd nervous? I said, I don't know. But I'll tell you this. He's definitely allowing this guy to play through. Yeah. And that fight is becoming bigger oh, and yeah. bigger oh, yeah. and bigger and bigger. So it's like it's going to be it's going to be crazy. And the one thing Floyd would always tell me, though, he said, Jay Fox, he said, the one thing they're not ready for is the lights. I said, what you mean? He said the lights. When the lights are that bright and you look out and you see all, you see Denzel, you see all these, that's a different, that's a different thing. Because I don't know if it was Hatton. I think he was talking about Hatton. He said the lights, man. He said that's the one thing I've been fighting, J5. I've been fighting under the lights since I was like this. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy. But Connor fights under the lights too. He's just never boxed anybody like that. That's right. going to be a totally alien thing. When he gets into that ring and he's got shoes on, and he feels those big ass gloves on his hands, oh, and then man. he looks on the other side and he sees Floyd just moving around yeah. and getting ready. Yeah. He's got. There's gonna be a shadow be of a doubt. There's gonna, gonna be something in there. It's gonna be everything, Jay. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking everything. Cause you think about it, they both. I mean, they got us. They got us. I'm going to yeah. that motherfucker. I'm going early. Oh, and you those press saying? conferences were amazing. Yeah. 
I'm prison. already booked. I was booked in D.C. that night in advance. I had so uh, already sold out two two shows that night. I couldn't I couldn't cancel. And you can't come. No, I can't come. I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to work it either. They wanted me to do something for it. I couldn't. On, I can't even do it. That's going to be the one. I, I got to figure out a way to not see it until uh, not oh, know yeah, what yeah. happened. There's no and way then you watch know. it. They, you gonna know. I'm going to have to figure out a way. I oh, hope man. the audience would be nice and not tell me. <laughs> There's probably going to be people watching it on their phone while the show's going on. No, no, Like, no, I guarantee no, you, no, like, if man. someone gets knocked no, out, man, not... you, I'm going to hear, no. oh, <laughs> from the audience. Yeah, what's that? What joke was that? I think. Yeah, what happened? It's great, man. Yeah. It's great, man. It's going to be interesting. Well, bro, listen. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. do we go from here? I don't know. Where we, that's where we started. <laughs> where do we go from here? We just keep moving. We keep moving, man. You, you, you're obviously enjoying yourself. You're I'm, a happy I'm having, guy. I'm having, a, I'm having a good time. For a super I, successful guy, you seem completely balanced and there, happy. There, there are, there are things that you just cannot get away from that you, you know, you hide right behind. But in, and for the most part, I did some smart stuff. Moved my, my whole family lives with me, so I don't have to worry about you know my, my father, my mom live with me. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And I was adopted seven months. So, you know, me and my really? mom, me and my mom, me and my biological mom, you know, are crafting our relationship now in the in the latter stages of her life. So, you know, that's you know, but I didn't want but I didn't want no bullshit outside of that, you know, where someone is 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 sitting somewhere watching me from a distance like you know, right. that. You know, so mom comes in, dad and and they've been divorced for almost thirty years. It was crazy. Wow! So they they live in the same same under the same roof. It's hilarious. That's a whole nother show. Wow! And uh, he still dates. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's still getting it in. You know, be over there, and then she'll float over to his side of the house and be like, mm, and see the girl. Hey, how you? Mm, how are you? Mm, how George? This is who is this? Wow! <laughs> you know, she's getting some out of. I just want to get something out the refrigerator. Mm, some spoiled stuff. Mm, that, That's that kind of intense. And then. You hear that on my door, my my, my pops. Uh, 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 could you tell her not to come on my side of the house? Shit. <laughs> I'm like, now parents, you know. So, but it's certain things that I. But you got to figure out your happiness, and the only way you figure out your happiness, you got to try to see or foresee what's going to be the problem. So I get my family close to me. So whatever problem we got to work out, we work that shit out right here. Get my mom and my and my and my, and my sisters and my and my daughters close to me, so they see daddy going to work. Like there's still some work shit. It's like no, nah, we just not on the red carpet. It's not just red carpet every day. You know, I gotta get up. I gotta go. You know, I gotta talk shit. I gotta kiss a little ass here. I gotta I gotta do a whole lot of shit in order to keep this thing going. So you try to, you know, in life you try to see what try to foresee what's gonna happen. It's still gonna be something. So it's always gonna be something just outlandish. And, uh, but uh, you, you try to get a, get in front of it. That's an interesting way to handle it, though, to bring everybody close to you, bring your whole family in your yeah. house. Yeah, and not everybody can do that, you know, because, you know, it's like, you know, me growing up as an only child, I like having people around. I can't be by myself. That's why I always would throw parties. I, can't, I, I would kidnap people. Like, people come to my house. <laughs> I'd be like, why you got to leave, man? Chris Brown, Chris Brown, just stay, man. I got a room. Floyd, man, stay, man. Where you Because I, I just wanted people. Right. But now having my family around, you, you got to do it. But not, like I said, not everybody can do it because, it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, my father, who has a great story, my stepfather has a great story. You know, he was on drugs or, or at had a situation about with drug, about with crack, ended up going to jail. I wrote him one letter. I said, you get out, you know, I'll save your life. Cause I didn't like writing letters to people in jail. I didn't like going visiting people in jail. 
He gets out. This is around just before 9-11. And then my stepfather was incredible in my life because he taught me how to play tennis. So back in the 70s, in the, in the, in the, in the 80s, he was like playing tennis. I was like, wow, i never seen a black dude play tennis. He said, you got to learn, son. It's a, it's a, so people like Yannick Noah, Ellie Nastasi, Bjorn Borg, Vitas Gerolaitis, those were like heroes of mine. So he taught me how to play, play tennis. So when he gets out, he gets out of jail. I make sure everything is cool. I take him to the U.S. Open. And so there he is, me and my pops watching Venus, you wow. know, play. He's crying. I'm like, yeah, dad, this, you know, this is this is how we gotta live. This is what you, this is what we need to do. So he watches Venus play, and then a couple of days after that, it was 9/11. Uh, but you know, he stayed with me. He's been with me since then. You know, early on, I would just go by, check the drawers, make sure there's no paraphernalia, right. no wrong shit. Smoke your weed, cool. Right. Don't do no more than that. And we've been cool since then. You know. And it, and it saved a lot of money in rehab. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just right there, hands on. But um, Well, sometimes people just being surrounded by loved ones is enough to keep them from doing yeah. anything stupid. Yeah, it can. It can. And, it, and it, was bu- it was bumpy at first. Won't go into it because he, he wrote a little book and talked about it. It was bumpy at first because when he first got out, I did some shit for him, got him this, got him, got him a car, whatever. He relapses, car gone, he's back in. You know, so it was a couple little things that we had to work out. But now... You know, to see him now, like, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, we go to these different events or whatever like that. He, his whole wall, he old school. He don't, he don't do the, the you know, this. He got the, you know. You Actual know, photos. Yeah, he go, he go develop the film. I got my little film developer. <laughs> so he put the film and the develop the film. See, and he put the film and he got a whole wall of everybody that he's met, you know, all of his heroes. And uh, so, it, like I said, you know, I try to, try to look, uh, Try to be ahead of the curve when it comes to fucked up shit. What about like with your creative time when you have so many people living with you? Did you get? Do you ever feel like boxed in? No, that's you know, like I know the best way to create is to have people around. Because I could try that joke out on them and they don't know I'm doing that joke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I could try this idea, see how they respond. Because your family gonna give you the real, gonna give them ah, that's terrible. <laughs> that ain't funny. How, I don't see how you made it. That's terrible. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So you always got to, to me, having people around that tell you the truth. You know, like everybody in my family, you know, they tell me the truth about it. I said, mm, that's sleepless. I should have just stayed asleep. It was like, oh, shit, really? It was fucked up? Yeah. So it's like, you know, having that allows me to create. And then I have my own little space where I go, okay, let me get this. Now let me, they responded to that. Now let me put this together over here in a little space so you have like a little sanctuary yeah i got a little i got a little studio that i that i set up where i go in there and do all that shit you know but it helps well listen man i know you got to get the fuck out of here you you only here for an hour right yeah man but it's been great dude listen you are you're an amazing person and i'm i'm very uh, i'm very honored to have you on here because you're one of the very few people that i know that has this uh well-rounded life but also it's very balanced. Like you've had oh, amazing dang. success in all these different things, but you're as normal and approachable as anybody I know. When gotta it comes, be. You know why I gotta be? Why? You? Because you are a speaker of truth. And we ain't seen each other in a while. But the one thing about your opinion is always gonna be truthful. So, you know, as us coming from a different time, there's certain people that we want to have the real truth come from. You, Rock, Chappelle, all these guys. So we came up. So when we're doing our art or when we're doing whatever we do, yeah, it's always going to be those people that, you know, rock with you. 
But you want to get the people who have a really artistic, real opinion. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I know. And, and, And if you hear them say, yo, I kind of fuck with that. No, okay, I got that. If Jr. says that's cool, then I know. And I said, why? Why you say that? Cause that motherfucker tell you. He'll tell you that that shit's whack. You know what I'm saying? And then he'll whoop your ass. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be, you know, you got to be on point with this because I know when I run into those guys like you, you want to have that favor. Does that make sense? I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, because you, you got hold people, yourself to you a got, very yeah, high standard. You got people in your mind right now that when you're doing your thing, that you know if. Everybody's yelling like, oh, we love you. But if that person say maybe this or maybe that, you go, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People are going to be 100% exactly. real. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. You're a bad motherfucker, Jamie Foxx. Thank you, brother. And you are too. <laughs> All right, baby. All right. All right. Thanks, sir. And uh, they told me to say Preve Revo. Yeah. How do, we get, how do you get those sunglasses? Uh, Amazon.com, Preve Revo. You lose your clothes. You never lose your glasses, man. And it's all of them are twenty nine ninety five. And there you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Ha, ha, ha.